Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. New year, new you. Start off 2022 by adding Cornbread Hemp to your health and wellness plan. Cornbread Hemp's organic, extra-strength CBD gummies deliver 50 milligrams of CBD and 2 milligrams of THC to help with your everyday aches and pains. Visit cornbreadhemp.com and use the promo code BIGX for 30% off at checkout. Stressful new year? Don't sweat it with Cornbread Hemp. Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Kentucky. Touchdown. Kentucky. <laughs> Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you, January 26, 2022. It was a good night to beat the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and that's exactly what Kentucky did. Took their foot off the gas there in the second half. Had to go to a little extra time there, and and the Cats really clamped down and had a great overtime performance to avoid what would have been a bad loss. No, Mississippi State's not a bad team but you still got to take care of business at home. You still have to take care of business at home, even without your starting point guard and your lottery pick player. Well, maybe two lottery pick players because Shadon did not get in, but the Cats won. And we're going to talk about it here today on Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen. Nick Roush, how are you? I am, uh, I've been better. I feel like a very old man, very tired old man. And I, I think that's just, I, I don't know if it's the cold getting to me. I don't know if it's the uh, trying to exercise and like be a normal functioning human being. That's my body's just like, whoa, what are you doing here, pal? Uh, but very tired. Hey, but caffeine, it works. It's good. And we've got a lot to discuss today. And I'm excited to to talk about it. Well, can we, uh, I, I, let's say hello to Justin. Hello, Justin. Hello. How are I, you? I, I too am very tired. Probably the most tired I've been all year. Granted, we're only four weeks in, but do you, do you keep a ranking? Um, not officially, but unofficially, yeah. This is day number one. Okay, day. Everybody remember that January twenty sixth, the most tired day for Justin Kalen. Let's see if we can beat it. Do we get oh, to? It'll, it'll get to... definitely get beat. Okay, hey, you know, more college basketball later nights, uh, bigger games. So, yeah, so we'll see. But we'll we'll note that one, January 26th. Speaking of tired, Roush, you fell asleep in the in the second yeah, half. Yeah, fell asleep. Wow. Uh, so I missed 
I missed all the bad parts of the game and was awake for all the good parts. Maybe I'm the reason why Kentucky struggled in the second half. My eyeballs are the thing that makes Kentucky play good basketball. Did you go back and rewatch what you missed? I did. So you could... I did. And, and the thing that was shocking about it is that I couldn't, like, I was waiting for some big run, and that it never really happened. It was like it was just they kind of chipped away. But hell, I think UK even led with by ten with like ten to go, and they still let it slip away. Molinar had thirty points without hitting a three. How does that happen? Well, he's a really good basketball player, and he's done that most of uh, most of the season. They, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're coming back, I think, I think the most you you could be right about it being ten with ten or whatever it was. But uh, Kentucky was up twelve, or I think they were up fifteen with like twelve minutes to go, um, which is not not what you're looking for. Yeah, twelve twenty six. They go up fifteen points, up and 10 then with eight minutes to go too, like, and then Mississippi State. Did go on a pretty fierce. Uh, they went on a nine-zero run, and then obviously there was another big run um, to to get it close. It looked like a ten-to-two run after that. So they did have their runs, but it was kind of slow and methodical, and it was kind of more of the same from Kentucky, where the offense just didn't look in sync. They were passing up shots. Nobody really besides Wheeler was being able to create. Mints had a really, really bad game, unfortunately. Yeah. But it was a it was a disappointing second half. But first half was good. The overtime was great. So I do think you have to consider those things when also mentioning how bad that second half was for Kentucky. But we're going to talk all about it today. We didn't get to see Sharp last night, Roush. No, we did not get to see Sharp. Uh, and hell, when Severe Wheeler went down in the first half with two fouls, I mean, pretty quickly. Hell, and I think Mintz ended the half with three. Like, okay, well, you're going to roll him out there. But Dante Allen came in, played well, had that awesome tip dunk, sunk a three. Um, and I think in John Calipari's eyes, most importantly, he had that two-handed, it looked like a volleyball block, just went up with two hands and got a jump ball out of it to create a turnover. Um, so he, he had some nice moments in the first half. Unfortunately, he couldn't get going, get hot from behind the three point line. Um, he was, I mean, taking good shots. Um, he did what you kind of wanted him to do, but uh, I think against this Mississippi state team, TJ with a lot of big dudes, Cal Perry was like, Oh, so I don't have to play guards. Okay. Well then, then I won't. No, I'm good. We're good. Well, well, you also were kind of running out of Bob. Like what other guard was he going to play? Oh yeah, I mean there, there was the if Allen started fouling, then you had to. I mean there was at one point where it was Grady, Allen, Hopkins, Brooks, and Oscar. I believe were the five, and I, I don't know if that was Oscar or Lance Ware too. It could have been Lance Ware. There was some lineups we saw last night that I don't think we're ever going to see again. No, no, Kentucky certainly won't. When when you start Mintz, Grady, and Wheeler. The guards on your bench are Dante Allen. That that's the end of the list. Done reading the names. Yep. That's the end of the list. When Tata Washington's out, you start those three guys. You have one guard on your bench who's kind of more of a three than anything else. Uh, neither here nor there. And then of course begs the question that Shaden Sharp. We thought he was gonna play. Yep. And I, I I knew 
when Wheeler picked up his second foul that like, okay, we're, we're not going to see him. And I knew, and I don't, I, I didn't, I, I saw some of the quotes from Calipari after, but I mostly tried to go to bed, although I ended up not being able to go to bed. So I watched the first half of that UCLA Arizona game and hit the UCLA money, money line. No, no huge deal. I don't know how they were giving or getting two points at home. Again, I know it's not really a great college basketball atmosphere out there, especially with the restrictions that they have in place, but that seemed like an, an easy bet. They took care of business. Uh, but I saw, so I didn't hear all occasionally, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. Um, Arizona had one big run in the second half to cut it to they were down 15 and like in a blink of an eye they cut it to six or seven and then literally just like that UCLA was back up 14 or 15 so it was a game of runs um but UCLA got the the win Arizona I do think I kind of was wondering if they were legitimate I don't know a ton about them obviously losing their head coach they lost their best player to a transfer to Baylor I wasn't really sure what to expect, but they are good. They are a good team, and I think they could also be a tricky matchup for Kentucky if their pass ever crossed in the NCAA tournament. Just one of those teams that have a lot of length and size down down low that could be bothersome to, to Oscar to some degree. Anyways, I digress. So I didn't listen to Calipari's comments, but I did see some tweets, and I saw a few of the, the key quotes that he had. But when Wheeler got his second foul, I knew that, like, unless Kentucky just completely blows Mississippi State out in the second half, that we're probably not going to see Sharp this game. And I figured Calipari's rationale, and maybe he said this, maybe he didn't, I don't know, was – well, I, I, I scrolled through the post-game transcript, zero quotes about Shaden Sharp. Okay. I, yeah, and th- there's just some t- – I, you know, I guess I have nobody to blame but myself. I could theoretically hop in on these Zooms, although I don't I, – I wouldn't even know who to reach out. But sometimes I, I wish that there was better questions asked to, to him. I know that's just kind of – couch journalism here but there there's a few like he should have been asked and maybe again maybe he was and I'm, I'm just getting done saying how i didn't watch the entire press conference or see all of his quotes so i guess i this isn't the perfect example um but i normally do follow that stuff and follow it along closely but like how did nobody ask him about U of L? no because, offense i mean like it was an overtime game that went down the wire sure so, like, but like at the questions end of- about oscar yeah questions about Tie tie, and you know, I know it's it's not officially official, so we'll get to ask him about. Oh, no, it's officially or whatever. It's officially official, but how does somebody not just be like, "Here's how I would phrase it." It'd be the end of the press conference. You're right. You don't obviously lead with that. There's more important questions to ask. But how does somebody just not say, "Hey, looks like down the road they're going to." potentially move on from Chris Mack. It's the middle of the season. Maryland did it with Mark Turgeon about a month and a half ago. How do you feel about coaches being let go during the middle of the season? So you kind of give him an out where he doesn't have to specifically address Chris Mack. But what if he would have said something snarky? What if he would have said something hilarious? What if he would have said something about like, oh, I wonder if he's going to make a video on his way out or something like that. You just want to put coaches in positions to make those those great quotes. But anyways, I, I'm going in every different direction than the point. It happened. It happened. I, it, was, it, was, it was a late night, you know. There was a lot of stuff to discuss. Yeah. A lot of stuff uh, but, to discuss this morning. But I figured he'd say, if he, if he were asked about Sharp, was Ty, or, Ty Ty was out, 
Wheeler picked up two fouls, so I wasn't going to put Sharp in the game where he didn't have a point guard to give him the ball. With Mintz running the show, the offense kind of changes a little bit, and it would have been too complicated for Sharp, and I'm obviously being sarcastic in my quotes, but I'm being realistic in probably Calipari's train of thought. And then he'd say in the second half, the game just got too tight, and I wasn't going to put him in that situation, which that's potentially a, a fair answer, more so than I think in the first half. I was disappointed we didn't get to see him. I, I still think in that first half, why not just throw him in? There's still plays that you see some of these players make that are so head-scratching that you just can't help but think Sharp couldn't be worse in this situation. Or or even if he is just as bad, again, you can pull him, you can take him out. It's not You don't have to make a commitment to keep him on the floor for four or five minutes. So I was a little disappointed we didn't get to see him, but at the end of the day, it still was a win. It was a gritty win. Calipari did say after the game, I did see this quote, that he was really happy his team – he told his team they needed to find a way to win this game. They haven't played in a ton of close games like this. And so he was happy with the way kind of things worked out. I still wish the defense wasn't so bad and play as poorly as they did in the second half. But still, Roush, overall, I'm a win without Ty Ty is a good win in my books. I'm, I'm taking it. I'm running to the bank with it. And now you get to turn your attention to Kansas. Hopefully everybody can get healthy. I know yep. we're going to talk about this. But while there are th- things to be nitpicky on, it was still a win against a most likely tournament team. I'll take it. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and, yeah, I, I could see them being like an 8-9 seed or something like that. We did get an update on Ty Ty Washington. Um, I think Calipari has not seen him, but Oscar says – I think he's going to be good to come back on Saturday. So when in doubt, that's what the journalists were doing, TJ. They weren't asking about Shaden Sharp or Louisville to John Calipari, but they were asking other players about injuries. And we got a good answer out of that. So I, I expect Ty Ty to be back for that game Saturday at Kansas. I would just – Oscar, I don't – I wouldn't put a ton of – I hope he's right. I just would be cautious. No, but I think like ultimately, if this was um, a different scenario, then he might try to play through it. Okay. But th- th- I mean, that's kind of the the read I get on the situation, unless something, you know, he tweaks it again. Because we all know once you roll your ankle once, you can roll it again. Um, but it sounds like get enough rest, don't roll it again, and uh, he should be good to go by Saturday against Kansas. Yeah, I I hope I hope that's the case. I hope Oscar. What? Yeah, I don't know if Kentucky was upset that he said that or if they cared at all in the slightest but I hope he's right um, I'm just going to be cautious with it just because if it is if it were a high ankle sprain it's going to be longer I don't expect them to really detail the specifics of the injury but I hope Oscar's right I hope your inclination is correct I don't think Kentucky can win in Lawrence without Ty Ty and that's no disrespect. They, they, it's going to be a really tough game to win, even if Kentucky's at 100% health. That's a, just a tough place to we, win. Oscar had 21 and 22, and they had to kind of gut one out at home against the Mississippi State team. Yeah. Them. You know, yeah. like, it's just, and, and I, even though I, I did have to go back and rewatch that second half, it's not like Kentucky played particularly bad. I didn't think there was some missed opportunities. Um, but I mean, you know, you, you're not going to hit every shot. They were six of 23 from three. I feel like a lot of those were open looks. Uh, the, the, the 14 to 20, they left some free throws out on the board late that could have closed the game. I think the, the, the biggest thing, even though we don't think of Tata as some sort of elite defender, there is a part of me that's like, I, I just don't foresee him giving up 10 straight points to Molinarda in the game. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm, 
giving him too much credit. But I, I feel like in even if he was giving up points, he'd find a way to respond with a big bucket. Uh, so as Cal said, yes, I'm, I'm glad Kentucky found a way to gut one out in the end. Uh, Grady didn't get the worst shot, I thought, on the final play of regulation. Uh, that was kind of the, the the action they had set up for him. I know some people wanted a timeout. They basically had a timeout because it was off of a free throw. So they were able to come down. He got a decent look. He missed that one, but then he scored the first eight points overtime, including a couple of threes. So uh, even though that one didn't fall, he, he did find a way to get hot and damn near covered for uh, those who bet on the Cats. They they did. I I had put just a little bit of fun money on Mississippi State to cover the spread, just because I think we all picked them to win by eight. Uh, Justin, I don't remember your pick. Justin was closer to the score because I think he picked I picked eleven. Well, Kentucky won by eight, so I don't think he could be. Oh, you're okay. I get you. You're saying the eleven total. was my margin. Yeah, it was gotcha. like seventy eight sixty seven. I think I said. Yeah, I was I was watching that closely, Roush, the spread there at the end. And I didn't put anything significant on it, but I was just like, you know what? If this game is close, I may as well make a little bit of cash on it. And then mm-hmm. sure enough, it was close. And then I almost didn't make a little bit of cash on it. But uh Mississippi State did end up covering. I don't I don't know if I totally agree with you on Washington on Molinar. I think I think the way you sh- you slow down Molinar is you have a rim protector. And while Oscar is the best rebounder in the history of Kentucky basketball and in the conversation for one of the better players in the history of Kentucky basketball, he is not a elite rim protector. Um, so Molinar was able to get by pretty much everybody through UK through Adam. He's really able to get by mostly everybody in college basketball up to this point in his college I mean, basketball his career. Iverson. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Duh. And if you had somebody there to protect the rim and make things a little bit tougher on him, Kentucky doesn't. So he had a big second half. Maybe Tata helps a little bit. Your guy that would have helped too went out as well. Jacob Toppin, one minute, turned his ankle. Yeah, and then and then you know what? Toppin went back in there and did some good things against Molinar. So maybe if they see each other again, um, I don't know if Kentucky has a return game to Mississippi State or not. I should know Kentucky's schedule a little bit better than that. But that's that's an option there. And I'm sorry, I, it was 15 minutes, not one minute. The box score is a little blurry. Uh, vision, you know. Oh, you I'm, thought Toppin only played? I thought I thought you were just talking about a certain stretch. You thought he only played one minute the entire game? Yeah, because uh, I just saw him get hurt when I was went back and watched that second half. It was um, Collins who came in there for like uh, a fart, and he farted, and then they took him out right away. You're gonna make that one. You're gonna make that one. Thornton's text liner mad for saying for saying the word fart. Uh, but yeah, if Molinar, he's a junior. I don't know if he had any. If he has any interest in maybe transferring after the season, uh, I don't think Sharp's gonna be here. So you know, if he's got any interest in that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate that whatsoever. But uh, he's a player. He's a really good player. I w- My only issue. My my only issue. My biggest issue with the defense and how they guarded Molinar in the second half. Just too many easy buckets. In the first half, uh, Molinar, I still think, made up a good chunk of Mississippi State scoring, like 33% or something like that. Uh, But they were making them work. They were making everybody else work. And the second – and, you know, my whole thing, and when you're going against kind of a team that is mostly just one dude – and no disrespect to the other players. Garrison Brooks is a solid player. Once they get that other guy back, his name escapes me. That's a, that's a 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be a pretty a good, tough team. Trio. Yeah, yeah it's, that's not a team. If I was like a one seed in the tournament and I had to play them in the second round, just because you know Molinar is such a, a matchup nightmare for teams. But if they, if once they're healthy, they're they're a pretty solid team. But my philosophy in games like this, and it'll be like this on Saturday against Kansas. But the the one player that is really good is really good for a reason. This isn't John Calipari's best defensive team. It's all right that Molinar was going to get his points, but you'd want to make things difficult on everybody else there on the court. I think for the most part, Kentucky did that pretty well, except one, they made things too easy on Molinar. And then two, for that stretch where Mississippi State stormed back, it was just too many open layups or wide open outside shots. So it was just kind of lackadaisical defense, not getting out or making guys have to work. And that was that was really my biggest disappointment in the game. But besides that, pretty impressed with the way Kentucky fought. I was pretty impressed that like Mississippi State had all the momentum going into overtime and they hit one field goal in overtime. And Kentucky just did really whatever they wanted mm-hmm. offensively. They locked them down defensively. So when it mattered the most, they found a way to win. For the timeout at the end of the second half, Roush, I've seen people crying about that. Those people just just say, like, I want Kentucky to score. And if they call a timeout and don't score, those same people are going to say, they, they had momentum, you should have just let them play. You don't want to give Mississippi State's chance to get their defense set. Um, if what they did on that play was the same thing that had worked for Wheeler for a good chunk of that game, and they were wanting Wheeler to be able to turn the corner, get inside, and either finish himself or most likely have the entire defense collapse down on him, and he's probably Kentucky's best passer. That's a good position to have the best passer with the ball in his hands as the defense is collapsing down on him. But he also did pretty good just scoring the ball from time to time. So they were trying to run that same motion for Wheeler. It wasn't there. They did panic a little bit. Now, if you wanted to call a timeout right there with like six seconds left, I would have been okay with that. But then you're still having to throw the ball in from a weird spot. You only have six seconds left, so you most likely are throwing it closer to midcourt. And then... I don't, you know, there's no guarantee that anything works there. That being said, I didn't love Grady's shot. He looked a little off balance and kind of had a little hitch in it. I, I still like him taking the shot because it's Kellen Grady, and you saw what he did in the overtime period for Kentucky. Uh, no, but it wasn't the best execution there, but you can't – it wasn't like they didn't have a plan. They did. You got to credit Mississippi State from time to time. That's how sports work. Sometimes, the just like a chess match, sometimes your opponent makes a move you didn't see coming – and it, it stymies you a little bit. And that's what happened on that last possession. Um, but, I, you know, the whiners, I think they were mostly quiet for the most part. But uh, a win's a win's a win's a win's yeah, a win. Yeah, and, and, and to your overall, your general point, like a lot of, I think, a, a lot of the second half is just giving Mississippi State credit for for fighting back because a lot of the times their runs, Kentucky would respond with one of their own. I mean, UK was up five with three to go. Um you know, like that credit to Mississippi State for keep chipping away. Credit to Molinar. Um, Sam Vicini just put out a new mock draft that had him as a first rounder that with a 30th pick. So, yeah, he, he's got that length, he's got that athleticism, and he's got, like I said, the best name ever for a driving point guard. Um, but Kentucky, they were able to gut out a win. Uh, I, I, I do think to a degree, TJ, that Wheeler's getting those early fouls Kentucky was playing in that first half I mean they had 37 points I don't think without Tata they're having that 52 point half like they did against Tennessee but if Wheeler's in the game I you know 45 
points isn't out of the question at all between 45 and 55. They could have really ran it up and made it just that whole way to dig deep out of in that first half because Kentucky was feeling it. They were moving in transition. And, hell, Oscar, his even though he doesn't have that shot-blocking ability, his his ability to, to get the team running in transition by stealing the basketball is, is almost just as valuable. So Kentucky was really rocking and rolling in that first half. They were not at peak UK because they didn't have Tata. But, man, if you keep wheeling that game, I think you can really run up the score and just make it too much for Mississippi State to overcome without having to get uh, just super-duper hot from, from three-point land. Yeah, I totally agree. I think if Wheeler doesn't pick up that that second foul and he's able to stay on the floor, Kentucky's probably up closer to 20 at halftime. And then you wonder where Mississippi State is at mentally in that game. Although up 13 and then Kentucky was able to extend the lead in the second half and win the, you know, the, the first TV timeout frame. Uh, I still think they were up on the half at the under 12 frame, but that may have been played even up to that point. I was like, okay. If Mississippi State was going to make the run, they were probably going to do it to start the second. I still thought Kentucky was going to be all right. I didn't imagine Mississippi State storming back the way that they did. But totally agree. If Wheeler's able to play the majority of that first half, maybe maybe you just put too many – the lead's too far and, and you kind of crush Mississippi State mentally uh, being down as big as they were. But it's just wild to me that Kentucky can just keep having to go long stretches without players – such important players, whether it's injuries, whether it's just like foul trouble that you just, you know, nobody ever wants foul trouble, but it's like, okay, Kentucky's got one point guard for this game and two immediate fouls. Like, (laughs) gosh, darn. Uh, It's like, all right, Kentucky is kind of fighting and clawing to come back and Toppin's going to roll his ankle and Sheboy is going to roll his ankle. It's just like, what is going on with the, basketball higher power that is causing all these injuries and and luckily knock on wood justin but it hasn't been anything too severe wheeler um but it but it 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 has just been annoying it's been annoying you've had to go stretches without players that you've kind of relied on and then again we don't know the extent of the todd tie injury oscar seems to think he's going to be able to give it a go in lawrence i hope that's the case if not it still doesn't seem like anything that's going to linger the entire season worst case scenario high ankle sprain he's probably out three weeks or so that all being said i wish the minor annoyances would cease and desist roush yeah just um how about we have all of our players play that would be cool. That'd be great. Well, and it hasn't really been an issue until the last couple games. I mean, you had the whole severe Wheeler situation. That was, I guess, a few games ago. But last night was really weird. It just seemed like every play there was someone getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's, new year. Yeah. All right. Let's, we're we're going to talk more Kentucky. Uh, There's just nothing better than, like, this time of the year, stinks it's dark it's cold it's you know there's it it is what it is but just had it having uk basketball to look forward to all day yesterday even with the nine o'clock game it's great and then what does uk do they win they're a legitimate top 10 team i don't care what the ap poll says and it's going to be a, a and now you get to look forward to a really fun game at kansas so even with the crappy weather it's still an amazing time of the year not for every college basketball fan base, though. Nope. So we're going to – oh, boy. 
you know, if Kentucky didn't play yesterday, we're probably spending a good chunk of today's show talking about the mess at the University of Louisville. It's been that way for about seven years. We'll come back. We will talk about that. We'll keep talking about the Cats win against Mississippi State. We'll get to the Thornton sex line. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Well, yeah, I guess it's obvious. I also like to write. All you had to do was give Humpty a chance, and now I'm going to do my dance. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. True love is hard to find. Sometimes you think you have true love and then you catch the early flight home from San Diego and a couple of nude people jump out of your bathroom blindfolded like a damn magic show ready to double team your girlfriend and it stops. It stops right there. That rejoin borders on inappropriate for a radio show. That being said, still one of like the fun. I mean, the, the, those early 2000, late 90s, maybe going up to like 2005 or 2006 comedies. Oh, just yeah. great. You'd have one liners like that that would just stick with you forever. Well, they spend money on them. Like they were, they were big budget kind of movies, and that's not Hollywood doesn't really do that anymore, unfortunately. But those, and of course, it coincided with our adolescent years, so we're going to think more fondly of them. But they really were just like golden era of comedy there in the late '90s and into the odds. So funny. Vince Vaughn was just absolutely in fuego during that time he just couldn't miss with a movie and you know not that he was always like the star lead role in the movies even dodgeball which was a pretty stupid comedy was good it was like you know still a fun movie to watch yeah and especially for our age growing up with that roush like you know i'm sure your friends were the same but it was just dodgeball quote after dodgeball quote uh i know well, actually, Vince Vaughn is an anchorman, but, you know, even anchorman, dumb comedy, but still funny. You still have good quotes in that one. Welcome back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. During the commercial break, I give Justin a compliment, and he just makes – he has to be mean. Call me little. I didn't call you little. I said you were cute. And little. No, I never said that you were little. We were talking about the smaller garbage trucks, and they get the job done. And I said just like Justin. Fair enough. I'll take it. Justin, what's when do the Hoosiers play? Uh, tonight we got Penn State. You had a busy day yesterday. Very busy day. Yeah, you worked obviously. Did you work at the hotel? I think you did. It was. A uh, I did not. No, luckily oh. I did not work at the hotel. Or it okay. could have been a lot busier. I was gonna say, yeah, I thought you, I thought you did, and that would have just been way. That would have been a lot. You called a game. How'd that go? Uh, it was good. It was a a blowout. My first blowout in Kentucky, so that was nice. Uh, although. We could never get to that running clock. It was a 28-point 20 game <laughs> at halftime. We were waiting the whole second half, but Lexington Christian goes on a run to not allow the running clock to happen. Not a lot, a lot, you know, it's spoken like a true person in sports media, whether it's a commentator, a journalist, or whatever it may be. Well, just looking to get out of there, baby, and I'm right I, there with you. I'm good. I'll stay there all night, but I was I was really trying to get out of there. I wanted to see the Kentucky game. I didn't get out of there until, I think, 930. So I had to listen to the end of the first half on my way home, and then I was able to watch the second half at home. But, yeah, I, I, when, when Kentucky's playing, I just want to get out of there and watch it so I know what I'm talking about. 
on the show. So I think what it, we found here is the combination of me not watching and Justin watching. It, was, it just put all the bad juju on the cats. I, I like Justin's commitment to the radio show because, I mean, how many times would we have the big guy come in here and be like, well, you know, wrestling, but, but, but top and play well? What You know, like, I'm, I'm glad you, you take that extra step. I mean, how can, how can you contribute to And it's like, you, you didn't watch the game, did you? Yeah, how can you contribute to the show if you're watching wrestling? You can't. You can't. You you really, really can't. Well, that wasn't all that Justin had to do yesterday. You, the first big exports radio er to see the Mike Rutherford compound. I yeah yeah I was set his you, dog off, had her barking in the background, so that was fun. You you saved the big exports radio day yesterday. Wow! Congrats. I did. Yeah, they weren't going to be able to do the show if you didn't help out, right? Isn't That's that how that works? Yeah, I forgot Mike called me to have him help out with that. I I didn't think I was help. I I don't know. I guess supposedly Trevor couldn't figure something out. So they had to call JK 47 and just like that, Justin solved everybody's problems. So I actually felt, I actually felt really important because I got a call from Trevor seeking help. And then not even five minutes later, I get a call from Rutherford needing help. So I was like, man, I'm the, I'm the man to help. Now. The tech. Yeah. <laughs> did, did Rutherford call you scoots? Uh, he did not. Oh, okay. Not that I recall. He he, lo- he loves that nickname for yeah, you, but uh, uh, unfortunately, I think the Rutherford House has just like so many in Louisville and all over the country, and probably all over the world, has had tested positive for COVID, and we hope that everybody there. He said everybody there, I think, is feeling all right. Uh, um, he said he's feeling all right, at least. And I hope that is remaining the case. I actually think he may be the only one in the household who had been negative, but I think they were still awaiting some results for him. He sounded a little sick, sounded slightly under the weather, but hoping everybody's feeling a okay today. They'll probably be doing the, he'll probably be doing the show from home the rest of this week. But yeah, Justin stepped up big time. I was, I was waiting to listen to the show, waiting for it to start oh, thinking I, I want to thing. I had, I, uh, I had the call and I even had to switch it up because the call-in was being wonky on me. And uh, we were about 10 minutes in. I'm like, well, I guess there were, were some technical difficulties getting on air. Yeah. So it was like the show, you know, it was 310. I was like, all right, something's going on here. Sure enough, behind the scenes, Justin was making everything right. And I was just like, you know, I've if, if things are going poorly for UK and things are going well for rival fan bases, I'm not always as eager to listen to sports radio in this town. When it's the other way around, I generally cannot get enough of it. Um, so, and Rutherford and Trevor are super entertaining as is. So I was like, I want to hear what these guys have to say about the loss to Virginia and just mm-hmm. the current state of UFL basketball because it's not good. Sure enough, as the show goes on, uh, a not super well-kept secret was released that Mac is kind of done. He, he has mailed it completely in and they may just move in a different direction. That turned out all to be true. That was breaking during the Rutherford show yesterday. And then today is most likely going to be the day, Roush, where they announced that Chris Mack and UofL have mutually agreed to part ways, and he will he has coached his last game for the Cardinal Birds. Really, uh, I, when they had the, the news of the surprise meeting that's happening this afternoon, it was like, oh, well, that sounds like they're going to be firing him. And then you had the Chris Mack show canceled was really hoping that we would get a similar image to the Bobby Petrino show. And in the Chiron, it says Bobby Petrino fired. Really wanted something like that, where Chris Max talking about the basketball team, and then Paul Rogers is like, oh, um, got a little breaking news here. 
oh, Chris Mack, looks like you're not going to have a job tomorrow. I just just really wanted that awkward moment. We didn't get it, but um, we are going to have a coaching search without an AD and without a president. Um, I think in the interim that uh, Pagueska, who got them their, what was it, cigars in the Savannah trophy or whatever no, it was. The, the Bahama Mama. The Girl. Bahama Mama, yeah, the, the Bahama Mama winner. Fans are excited about that. I did see there was, there was some conf, some conflict among my U of L friends, you know, um, especially some on the timing of things. Uh, but I, I'm I'm curious the reaction because even though a lot of people are just done with Mac, there still are some that are like, "Why are we doing this right now? Like, we're only just going to make things worse for us." What was the reaction among your friends, TJ? My friends, they're they're all happy. They just figure you may as well. There's no harm in doing this right now. And as a matter of fact, I I, I think this probably so supposedly supposedly Mac reached out to Louisville and was just like, we may need to talk about this. What's the point of me finishing out this season? I'm going to get booed every game. The distraction is going to be on me and it's going to, you know, it's going to impact the players and maybe it's just best. That's, that's what they say. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I I think that there's probably some truth that Mac was the one who Who said, Hey, yeah. Who initiated all that being said though, some of my U of L friends, and this was this, these were great points. Their first thought was like, oh, this is an absolutely colossal recruiting weekend for us. And they generally take the recruits to the basketball game and Duke's mm-hmm. coming to town. So yep. if this just makes it a better atmosphere, for and it will. Recruiting weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it will. Like if you're a U of L fan, you know you're probably going to get clobbered by Duke, and that's okay. Duke's a really, really good team, and you don't have a very good team. You're obviously going through a lot of stuff, but you're probably going to get clobbered. But I think fans, one, are going to show up just to say hey U of L we like the move that you make that took thank some you. Guts. yeah <laughs> thank th- you for exactly. getting rid of him yeah and then secondly you're not going to have booing in the arena the the people are probably you know I'm sure the players are going to play the hardest that they've played in months so it'll be a more feel-good atmosphere even most likely in a loss for Louisville on Saturday so they were happy about that they won't they knew Mac was going to be gone this season anyway so why not just why, why not do it uh, so they were happy with it, my, at least my friend group. Although, Roush, it's – I don't – you know, if this is rock bottom, maybe it's rock bottom. But there's still a lot, a lot, a lot of mess that's going to come up over the next few months. It, it's – U of all fans thinking that, like, this is – okay, now we just get to move on. This no. was the easy part. No. <laughs> and it's, it's, Firing you know, him was the easy thing to do. You're you're all you already saw it yesterday with media members. You had Eric Crawford and uh, Dominique Yates go at it on Twitter. You have everybody has to give their opinion on who they think the next coach will be. And there has been a loud portion of folks at U of L that have basically demanded they want a person of color coaching U of L next season. And that's something that U of L and their fan base and the administration is going to have to deal with. There's already this divide, mm-hmm. and you know I know this is obviously kind of tough conversation, and you know quote unquote tough conversation. But that's something that a lot of U of L fans don't want Kenny Payne. And then there's a portion of the fan base that says this is a the easiest hire we've ever had to make. Go hire Kenny Payne. 
I mean, and, and also when you consider the alternatives, I mean, so uh, at the heart of the media beef with Eric Crawford and Dominique Gates was the listed candidates. The thing that of, of like I, you know, it could be his sources. I don't, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to question that. But the names that he rattled off are just like the easy names that, you know, if I'm Joe Sports Illustrated and I've got to make a list of coaching candidates for U of L, that's just like my generic list of like rising coaches. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean fit or, or what have you. But a lot of them are almost disqualified for certain reasons. Like Nate Oates, he's got a huge buyout. That's This is not going to happen. Um, are you really firing one guy and part of it is you're going to try to justify for cause because of cheating and then you're going to bring Will Wade in or Bruce Pearl? Like that doesn't sound. Bruce Pearl's coaching the number one team in the country right now. So a lot of those uh, kind of obvious names that like are the rising up-and-comers that – would want to get a crack at a job like Louisville don't feel very palatable at the current in the current climate of everything. Um, and then when you look down the line, like Kenny Payne makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. Like it, it just, it just does. Uh, one, he's a former player and national champion who would really galvanize a fractured alumni group. That had like you're, one of your most famous players ever is just saying like don't don't associate me with the university because I can't stand what you're doing like that that's how fractured they are right now from that standpoint. Secondly, he's a coach that would like you know it's a good hire if your opposing fans your your rival fan base doesn't want him to be there. Uh, I don't know who was it that said it, but it's like DJ Wagner. He's like the only guy that can maybe pry DJ Wagner away from Calipari. And we know how the Wagners are with UofL. That would be huge if finally they could get the third one to, to come back after Cal uh, slid Dewan Wagner out from underneath Patino's nose about 20 years ago. So th there's, there's a lot to like about him, but at the same time, some people are just idiots and morons. And uh, in the alternative outside of Kenny Payne, like, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't think there's a lot of like, surefire great options where you're going to be like this guy is it especially when you add in the wrinkle that who's hiring this guy who is hiring this guy this is this is, this is unprecedented where i'm sure maybe there's some random thing i was talking with Luckett. he joked this is this is something that auburn would do when hiring a football coach but like having an interim president an interim ad and, and now you're gonna have an interim basketball coach scott satterfield's the last one standing over there Six months later, Satterfield is the only one left. How the hell did we get to this point? Let, let him make the basketball hire and the AD <laughs> hire and the president hire. It's like, you know, the, the line of secession for the presidency. It's like president, <laughs> vice president, mm -hmm. and, and then who, where does it go? Speaker of the House? Yeah, and then like president, Senate president pro tem after that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so I, you know, it, it's the gotten only down. Reason you know that title is because of the succession line. Provost Scott Satterfield. Scott Frederick Satterfield, and then he leaves for the South Carolina job tomorrow. Ricky no, Jones I, is going to be the one hiring him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a senior professor. We got nobody else here. Uh, well, I, I consider the KRC listenership a family, and I'm just going to tell you what I'm I'm going to do. One, I like Kenny Payne. He was always nice to me during his time at Kentucky. Um, UK always would play stuff close to the vest, so he wasn't this like. He wasn't this amazing source that would leak info to me, but 
he he would talk shop and he mm -hmm. was a, a you know he, he was a nice fella he was always pretty, really nice to me pretty and, big interview and, on krc in the early days if i'm not, not mistaken talking uh you had to talk about zan Payne, but uh i had to talk be? i had to talk about zan Payne. no that was yeah that was one of my first big stories on kentucky sports radio and he oh, was so nice great. about that and and we talked for we talked for a long time and the most of that conversation was him talking about the city of Louisville. Cause obviously I was living in Louisville. He was telling me his favorite golf courses, places that he'd like to go. And this city that Roush and I and Justin live in or live near, it meant so much to him. And there's a lot of people in Louisville, whether they're red or blue, that they also feel the same way. A lot of people don't leave Louisville. They may leave, but they'll eventually come back. It's and, and it's the city's been through a lot lately. Things are a little bit different. Things are a little bit weird. But to a lot of folks, this place means a lot. And Kenny Payne, that's one of them. From his college days and the memories he made at the University of Louisville, he very much likes this town. And I like Kenny Payne. He's a good dude. He treats people well. That's not just interactions with me. That's interactions with a thousand other people that have Kenny Payne stories. He is a good dude. I want Kenny Payne to have this opportunity. I want him to be happy. And I would he do a good job? I think he would, but I, you know, I I understand the fans that don't necessarily think it's a home run slam dunk. All that being said, Roush, you, me. We, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push Kenny Payne to Louisville, and it, you know, if it is ends up, if it ends up being twofold, it ends up being twofold because U of L fans are not going to take kindly to UK fans telling them who they should hire. And as a matter of fact, they're gonna oh, push back. They're, they're good, gonna push back on it. Yeah, they're gonna yeah. push back on it. Very they're gonna be like, point. why? Why do you all want? You know, they are, they are the most. Ah. they're the most paranoid fan base in the history of fan bases. And for some folks, just the fact that Kenny Payne, despite all the success he had at the University of Louisville. He's a Calipari crony, and he's got the UK stain on him, oh, just he like does. Tyree, just like these other guys. And we need to get rid of him, uh, or we need to not make sure that he ever comes by because he's a UK guy. It's so outlandish, and it's so ridiculous. So, one, I'm going to be pushing Kenny Payne to Louisville just for those folks to freak out. Secondly, there's going to be a divide. And it's gonna get. It's probably gonna get ugly. You're gonna have the Butch Beards and the Jerry Eves of the world saying Kenny Payne needs to be option number one, and he needs to be hired. I don't blame U of L or U of L fans though saying, "Well, can we do better? Can we get a guy who's been to a Final Four before? Can we get a guy who's had success in March? Can we get at a minimum a guy who has been a head coach in his career before?" And Roush, while we can sit here and talk about who the best candidates would be. I think Kenny Payne would do well at Louisville. That being said, I don't blame any U of L fan for wanting somebody with more experience. You know, this U of L job, yeah. U of L is a top five to ten basketball program. When things are running, they do have high expectations, but they have the best facilities. It should be a place you should be able to recruit in. They're not getting Bruce Pearl, and everybody who keeps mentioning yeah. him, it just is cracking me up. You're not getting Bruce Pearl. Not happening. Now, would a Nate Oates be better than a Kenny Payne? I, I maybe you know it'd be a really really fun style of basketball. You know what you'd be getting. You know that Nate Oates would be able to get players in there. Now, 
the the finances of it make Nate Oates seem less likely to happen. But what about an Eric Musselman? You know, he's had success in March before. He's built programs before. He could get good players in at U of L because he's gotten good players at Arkansas. Would that be a better hire than Kenny Payne? All that is worth debating. All I'm telling to everybody that will listen to me is this is going to be as everything has been at U of L for the last five to ten years. It's going to be toxic, Roush, because you're going to have one side that's saying anybody besides Kenny Payne and we are making a huge stink. And then you're going to get another side that says, hold on here. I'm not against Kenny Payne, but we need to look at our other options. And I'll tell you what, the side on the left that's saying it's got to be Kenny Kenny Payne or bust, they ain't going to budge. And they're going to be loud because they've been loud for a while now. And there's this divide at UofL is not is not coming together. Uh, not anytime soon, at least. And I expect if they were to hire Kenny Payne, the people that are hesitant about him would play nice, put on a brave face, and say, all right, you know what, he's a UofL guy. You know, they'd come around to the hire eventually. But up until they get to that point, Roush, it could be really, really messy. Entertaining from a distance, more headaches if you're a Cards fan. Man, it's... um, Gosh, it's going to get uglier before it gets... Prettier, but you know what? They had to, I think they had to act now, not only from a, uh, just from a, where's this thing kind of going? Like you kind of need the shot in the arm too, if you want to have any sort of life in the last two months of the season. But you also need to be aggressive in the job market because, I mean, how much different is the Maryland job than the Louisville job? Uh, Louisville has one or two more titles than Maryland. Did Maryland just have the one? Well, I guess it depends on how many titles you count for the University of Louisville. Okay, but but like you you have a, a national championship school, school that's been to Final Fours. They already have a vacancy open. Um, and as we saw with the college football, like you just you don't want to be stuck waiting around with your thumb up your butt or else you end up like Florida who thinks they have a big hire and then two other schools have outdone you, you know? So um, – they're obviously going to want to make the biggest splash, but you kind of need to do it too so you can figure out who the hell is going to make this, this decision over the next uh, month or so. So I, um, I'm i curious what like legit names will come out of this, but you're absolutely right though. There's going to be uh, – it's, it's going to get nasty over Kenny Payne. And yes, it will. I mean, it I'm, will. I'm, I'm glad at least that he is not – at Kentucky while all of this is happening, or else that would just be a damn disaster. Like, l- luckily, he is with <laughs> the Knicks right now, so that he, even though he's in the middle of this thing, it's happening from afar, and he, you know, d- doesn't have to concern himself with it in his everyday life as much as he would if he was here. But th- there's no doubt about it that he is going to be. Uh, it's it's like the argument people have made with Dante Allen last year that you're making him a symbol of, and it's putting more pressure on the kid. But like in like a lot of the, a, a lot is going to be put on Kenny Payne's shoulders in this. And I feel bad for him, but ultimately, if he can handle this, then he can handle being the job. I like your approach, though. Um, a little bit of reverse psychology, telling Louisville fans, hey, guys, you all, you all should hire Kenny Payne. That would be a good hire for you. That, that great idea. Same, we did the same thing with Neil Brown, and they end up getting Scott Satterfield instead. So great idea, TJ. It, I, I well, and, and I'm sorry, Justin. Just real quick, because I, I actually did want to throw it to you. Um, it's 
one, I want Kenny to be happy, so I'm pushing it from actual good motives. On the flip side, though, it's going to make a paranoid fan base even more paranoid, and so that's going to make that kind of funny too. But, Justin, I want you to give what take you were going to say before I rudely interrupted you, but also just wanted to throw it to you because you've been an IU fan. It's been a program with a lot of changes, a lot of divide and who to hire and who not to hire, so I just wanted your overall take on this whole situation as well. Yeah, so for me, it it doesn't – Kenny Payne's one of the only names that really makes sense and that I feel like Louisville could actually land. I, Bruce Pearl's not leaving Auburn. Nate Oates isn't leaving Alabama. You can throw out a number of coaches. The fact of the matter is Louisville as a program right now is not where it once was. I don't I don't and Indiana's the exact same way. I don't think Indiana or Louisville for that matter can go out and get whatever head coach they want. Um so for Louisville I think you got to roll with Kenny Payne. I mean, I I, I do know a, a fair share of people who are on the Kenny Payne train, and then like just like you all talked about, I know people on the other side of it. They're like they don't want any part of it just because he's a Kentucky guy. Let the pettiness go. Hire the guy. And I and I you know I get it from the from the people that don't want Payne. It's just like we can't mess up this hire again. And I wish we just had more of a sure thing. Well, yeah, and and that's that's the big thing, TJ, is that they don't want to say out loud. If you mess up this hire, you could turn it into Indiana. No offense, Justin. Well, no, you really could. I mean, you mess up this hire. People aren't even talking about U of L as is anymore. Like they, they just got smoked by Virginia, and nobody, nobody cared. I mean, nobody Emo talked Brennan about was it. Like roasting them, but really, nobody that much cared. It was and, just like, yeah, the reason we're at a point now we're beating Louisville. Nobody bats an eye. It's just kind of expected. Well, and Louisville's also at the point where there's not all that many big name coaches out there and the ones that are out there, they're not going to want to leave their schools for Louisville. I mean, the, when no. you, if you listen to the Rutherford show yesterday, I said this on the KRC Facebook page, but Trevor was clamoring for John Beeline, Andy Onfield or David Padgett. What? You, Andy, you would want any of those clowns over Kenny Payne? Get out of here. Andy Enfield would be an Yeah, that would that would be good. That'd be an, that, you know, it'd be an interesting hire at just uh, but is he leaving? Los Angeles and Southern California right. for the mess that is U of L. As also, as they're still awaiting their while in trouble punishment, punishment, you know, they still haven't heard from that either, which isn't going to make it the most enticing or appealing place for somebody who may have a, a better or good situation elsewhere. We'll talk more about this in our numero dos. We've got a Thornton's text line to stop uh, to, to read. You need to stop by at Thornton's and get yourself some coffee, get yourself some donuts. Thornton's is delicious. It's nutritious and it helps you get your day going in the right direction. We'll come back. We'll talk more about everything going on in this crazy state of basketball. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kale. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM. 
1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Kentucky Roll Call goes 7-9 Monday through Friday. We appreciate you listening. If that's a little too early for you, the replay goes 9-11 to on Big X Sports Radio. You can listen to Big X Sports Radio 96.1 on the FM dial. 1450 on the AM dial. Lots of streaming options. When I'm at the office, I keep uh, Big X Sports Radio on all day with the TuneIn radio app. I use it on my desktop. Just search Big X Sports Radio on TuneIn. Another good way to listen is to tell your Alexa, play Big X Sports Radio. And that little robot will oblige and put on the Big X for you. Or if you can't listen or stream live, you can always get the podcast, Nick Roush. Yeah, get the podcast. Um, brought to you by our friends at Cornbread Hemp. Cornbread Hemp, organic, full-spectrum CBD products. That means they got extra strength with the, just a little bit of help with THC. Uh, the CBD ingredients, they can help with a lot of things from your everyday aches and pains, fatigue, anxiety. And now they can even help uh, slow COVID's roll uh, once you get sick. So, Check out Cornbread Hemp today. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout to receive 30% off at cornbreadhemp.com. That's cornbreadhemp.com. Love our friends at Cornbread Hemp. It is a great product. I wasn't a believer until I tried it, and now I'll probably be a, a customer for life as long as they you know, keep sponsoring Kentucky Roll Call. No, in all seriousness, uh, I wasn't sure really what to expect. And I've been I've been really impressed. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things too, like because of you know FDA, like you can't say explicitly like it does this, blah 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 blah, because some things aren't FDA approved. But it really does. Like it's it's shocking. It's surprising. You you've got to try it to believe it. Try today and get thirty percent off with the promo code Big X. All right, fun first hour there. First half talked about the Cats win uh, against Mississippi State. Now all attention can be turned to that game at Fog Allen on Saturday. The back half of the first hour, we talked about the mess that is the University of Louisville athletic program. Chris Mack, they will announce today a mutual parting of ways. And there had been whispers for a little while that Mac was telling people close to him that I'm, I'm just done. I can't, you know, I can't do this anymore. I think the booing really bothered him. I can't help but wonder just what he thought about them putting Patino on the big screen and the crowd going absolutely bonkers bananas on Saturday. I can't imagine that made him feel all good deep down in his bones. So uh, that will be a situation to monitor and they'll be doing another coaching search as they've done a couple in a few different sports over mm-hmm. the last several seasons. I want to get to this Thornton's text line, Roush, but anything you want to get to before we do that? Uh, I don't think anything in particular. I think they're going to address some of it. I'm just uh, excited to to see how this fallout happens. I don't think it's going to be the most fun day of, you know, the last 15 years. You have some pretty hilarious days where you listen to people react to crazy L news on the radio. I don't I don't think it's going to be like a top five day because it's not ridiculous enough. Uh, but it's still I, I think we can pinpoint Max Demise as the at least the beginning of the end with the Dino Gaudio audio. Uh, and now there's just a lot of like, oh, well, here's where he looks like a buffoon. Like, th- yeah, boom, roasted. Suck it, Mac. You loser. I, I hope he just 
I kind of hope he lashes out against U of L. I don't think that's going to happen, Justin, but I'd love to hear what he thinks about everything that's gone on over the last few years. What time is that board of trustees meeting? Four? I think four. Gotcha. Yeah. So, Wish we'll it was earlier. Five. Yeah, I do too. I, I do think it's funny that, like, um, things could have been different for Mac in COVID. I mean, COVID took away his best team's chance at NCAA tournament run. And COVID also, they 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 lost a lot of games last year. If they just win some of those, they're getting the NCAA tournament too. And uh, I know some people were like, well, how can you hold that against them? And I, I remember asking Stoops that at one point last year, like um, whenever they let go of Grand, it was like, hey, you know, some people would say, how can you, how, how can you, judge them that harshly off of your COVID. And he's like, well, cause the, the reality is, is like, that's just not the world we live in. You're, you're judged for what you do regardless of circumstance. And that, that was the case for Mac, regardless of circumstances, he's being judged for not only their poor play, but also how he handled it. I, I think that's the, I think that's the biggest difference between him and Satterfield. If Satterfield acted the way that Mac has when adversity struck Satterfield would have been gone, but Satterfield doesn't, isn't so combative. He, he even though he doesn't seem to uh, feel at home in the city of Louisville, he's just not a jerk about it. And Mac has consistently been a jerk, and the way that he's presented himself has made it even harder for Louisville fans to stomach the product he's put on the court. Well said, and totally agree with that. It's a good life reminder that just the way you treat people matters and I don't have any interactions or personal interactions with Mac but that was when he took the job at UofL I had said that exact same thing that like you know I think in time people around Cincinnati say that he's kind of a jerk and I wonder if he doesn't win how that's going to all play out I didn't think it was going to happen as quickly as it did I thought that they were going to at least let him get through all the NCAA stuff and 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 all that and I do believe the sentiment that like yeah, Louisville is dealing with this cloud over them, but again, so many other programs are the are as well, and they're in the top ten or they're in the top fifteen. They're not close to a five hundred team that's going to be missing the tournament yet again. So there's really no excuse there. But it's just a good life lesson that the way you treat people matters, and in sports, it really matters because if you're a nice person, seems like Satterfield is just a good old boy. You know, ho hum, oh gee golly, it seems like a nice fella. Uh, things aren't going great for U of L football, but he's sticking around. He's the last man standing, uh, which I would not have predicted. But it does matter the way that you treat people, and it, I don't think Satter or I don't think Max players really respect him all that much. I mean, that's a yeah. huge. Those those should be at. They're all his guys too. I think maybe with the exception of Malik Williams who wasn't, you know, he wasn't a Mac recruit, but he spent the good chunk of his career playing for Chris Mack. Uh, these are your guys. These are the people that you said, I want to represent me. I want to represent our university. And they've turned their back on him. I mean, that's that's like, that's, that's your troops kind of putting down their arms and not willing to go to battle for you. That's not a good sign. So I do agree it's probably the right time for L to be making a move. I'm just saying this next chapter, this next hire, it's mm -hmm. going to get – it's just going to be messy. So well, – Hold on. Let's see. Uh, yeah, we got Justin. Yeah, I was just going to say Trevor brought it up yesterday, and it's a really good point, oddly enough. But hmm. 
with <laughs> Louisville making this decision now, you won't have to hear all about Coach Gay on Saturday if you're a Louisville fan because it, it, this Louisville <laughs> news dominates the Coach K retirement tour. That's the only good thing that's coming out of this. Oh, man, that is a good point. Wow. Who would be – my question for you all, who would – just for pure comedic purposes, funniest potential hire for UofL basketball? Tom Kareem. <laughs> That's the correct answer. I mean, shout really, out to <laughs> shout out to Tom Green. Big yeah. win over Nate Oates yesterday. Fucking Nate Oates. Yeah. That's got a, gosh, Alabama's got the weirdest resume in college basketball. You beat Gonzaga. And then you lose to Tom Green. Hey, all I'm saying is I get that like three point shooting is the equivalent of an air raid offense. And I get why people like seeing that stuff, but that's what you set yourself up for. And that's why Calipari hates it is if you have a bad shooting night, you literally can lose to anybody, even old slappy, old slappy, clappy, Tom Crean. What it made the point that we didn't discuss enough last year. Um, they were really good at defense. They had a top five defense in the country and we all focus on the threes. Their defense is rate 68th this year. Maybe no, I, didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize they were so good defensively last year. I, so I, yeah, we just we, we got blinded by the threes. Yeah. I saw a couple U of L fans talk about Billy Gillespie. Oddly enough, <laughs> <laughs> I swear on my life. I swear on my hey, life. Hey, Tarleton, he's doing great at Tarleton. We let's give him a chance. No, nope, you know nope. I think would be hilarious too. What's that? Scotty Davenport, because oh, he would try to be Patino and just wouldn't be good as good, and yeah, it would be not, a miserable not. fail. They're not hiring Scotty Davenport. I mean, that, let's let's all be realistic here. I, I would say if you if if you're a U of L fan and the Kenny Payne hire kind of makes you nervous because he's not overly experienced, but you want you know you think the the program needs more diversity, which we don't have to get into that, and it's, you know that's that's just an opinion that each person can have for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I really would take a long, hard look at Shaka Smart. And I know that things at Texas didn't go his way, and you could say, well, if it didn't work at Texas, why would it work at UofL? He's already got Mar- Marquette fans the most excited they've been about basketball in a good bit. He is endearing. Folks just love him. He get, he does a good job getting a fan base excited. He'll get good players there. He plays a style that it's UofL fans – yeah, it's a style that they're much more accustomed to, kind of going back to Patino's Havoc defensive style. And, yes, again, I know it didn't work out in March for him at Texas, but he's got experience. He'd be able to get players in at UofL. The ACC kind of seems like it's trending in the wrong direction, which could be good news for him. If you want to kind of check all the boxes, per se, that's who I would call. That's who I would go after. If I'm, And I know UofL fans hate it, and they think that they're better than a Shaka Smart, but – is a Shaka Smart a worse hire than an Eric Musselman? I don't think so. One's no, been to a final, yeah. one, you know, one's been to a Final Four before, uh, the other one hasn't. So that that's an underrated candidate. That if I'm a U of L fan, I'm probably push. If I'm nervous about the Kenny Payne resume, then boom. But I, you know, you want to make everybody kind of happy. I, I think Shaka would be somebody that I would really, really consider. He got a big win recently, and I, and I think a lot of what was what went wrong was fit. At Texas, um, just felt like square peg, round hole. So, I, I, yeah, I, I could be with you. I, I think uh, Sully threw out the name Mike Boyden at Oklahoma State. He's not as experienced, but I, I think he has a lot of traits as a head coach that Louisville fans admire. Like when he had that whole 
spiel on getting banned from the tournament or whatever like that that kind of uh emotion in, in your your head coach i think would be huge but also like is he just a Cade cunningham you know like i i don't know how good of a coach he actually is or not so um hard to tell hard to tell but i, I think he would get uh, a look at as well no just not that you had something but um I would say, I mean, if you're going to do Boyden, he's got virtually no tournament success whatsoever. Very little head coaching experience. I guess some is better than none. So if you're going to go that route, why wouldn't you just go Kenny Payne and right, like, right. you know, bring in a Louisville guy per se, but we shall see. They'll have plenty of time to, to figure that stuff out. Sorry? Justin, when you, Justin, when you don't have your mute button on, I figure you want to talk. Uh, so I've been doing that a lot lately, just keeping my mic open because uh, it doesn't pick up background noise. So more, normally when I'm mute, I just have a cough or something. Gotcha. But more, more so than – I mean, if you want me to go back to keeping it muted, I can. But No, I, I just like hearing from you, buddy. Yeah. yeah I feel like you. talking to our friend Scooter, which, guys, um, this is unrelated, but we need to bring it up about a former ex-producer of this show. Uh, I think this is going to be good news for you, Justin, but – Oh boy. I'm going to be disappointed when I'm not greeted with meows every morning because it, Trevor took home the cat. Yeah. No, he did not. Yes, he, he did. took home the cat. Yeah, he did. I was going to bring that up as well. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't like, I mean, I'm conflicted. I shouldn't say I don't like it. I'm conflicted. That was somebody's cat. That's That was not a stray cat. I mean, it just wasn't a stray cat. It was way too friendly with people. It was way too smart. It knew the game of treats way too much. And it was fat. So like, you know, and yes, we were feeding it here and there, but th this cat was getting fed by other people. Somebody's going to be like, hey, what happened to that cat? Now, was it somebody's specific pet? No, it didn't have a collar. But is Trevor going to take that animal to go see if it's shipped? Can you chip cats? I think you can. But Yeah, you can, but hes I don't think he will. He's not going to go get it. He, he stole somebody's cat, is my opinion. Now, it is very nice of Trevor. It, now, let's say it's not a stolen cat, and it was a stray. It's very thoughtful of Trevor. He's got a big heart, especially when it comes to animals. Um, I, I don't know how big his house is. I would guess maybe around 1,500 square feet. That is now four cats and three dogs living with him and his mom. That is too many animals in that uh, in that confined space. And again, I appreciate him having a big heart, but I am under the impression he just stole a pet cat. I am a thousand percent. Okay with it. Cause that damn cat was so annoying. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, it, it truly is probably the best decision for the cat. I mean, let it roam outside where it's cold and get food here and there from the, the local radio station and maybe your home as well, or get taken home to Trevor's and get the absolute, probably best life a cat could live. Yeah, because he's. It's, I'm sure there's so much junk and stuff for him to, you know, peruse through. Oh the, yeah, uh, think of all the things they could jump on. Gonna have some more cat friends, some dog friends as well. Yep, that's true. The way Trevor put it too is that he was in his car and the cat kind of jumped in his lap. I think the cat was cold, and just yeah, I mean, wanted to get inside. I bet Trevor had his door open and was like, "Come, you want in? Come on in." I mean, oh, the cat had do that. Yeah, the cat had broken door in. open. Yeah. The cat has broken into the studio before. Sure. Always, always could be lured out with some treats. It's a really cute cat and a and really sweet and kind. And Trevor showed me pictures, and supposedly the cat, Wara, is what Trevor has named it, uh, mm -hmm. has just fit in completely. Looked really comfortable. So said, he, said the cat hasn't meowed since they got home, which probably huh. scared. 
I'm just waiting for Trevor to wake up, you know, around two today and be like, yeah, well, the cat completely destroyed the living room. Like everything, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's poop everywhere and there's the curtains have been slashed, but Trevor's got a big heart. It was nice of him to steal somebody's pet cat. Well, the, uh, it, at least in Trevor's case too, like one more cat, you know, I don't think the smell is going to be that bad. After all, he, that's what the cigarettes are for, to drown out that smell. Here here should be our goal. Can we make him feel bad enough about it that he brings the cat back? Well, no, I don't want to do that either. But if it is somebody's cat, he said that if he sees, like, missing cat signs in the neighborhood, he'll come back <laughs> and, and drop them. I might the... type one up today just to make him feel bad. Oh, yeah. And you know he's not listening to this. <laughs> we really should. <laughs> I've got a printer at work. I may, if somebody can make, if somebody can, and we got to do this under Trevor's nose, but if somebody can make me, like, a missing cat poster, I- I'll hang it in the neighborhood on the way to the studio tomorrow. It's got to and... be a great tabby cat. <laughs> Is it, no, it's a, it, well, I'm not good at cats. Is that what yeah, that it's, is? It's a tabby cat, yeah. I do think it is a tabby, but I guess the gray caught me off. But yeah, you're right. You're right. You you know cats better than me. That would be absolutely hilarious. Although, would it be so funny if you just then dropped the cat back off and then the cat was sad? We'll have to tell him <laughs> that we're, we'll, we'll have to tell him that we're pranking him. But there's your Trevor animal update. Now, there are nine creatures living in that house, including Damn, him and his mom. Trevor. Well, I, I was including them, yeah. Oh, okay. Math, not our strong suit. No. Oh, I also like that Mike, they didn't go to the their other studio on Monday because they didn't feel well. So then they go to our studio and then the Rutherford <laughs> and then and then Rutherford has a COVID outbreak. Oh man. What are we? Chop liver? Let's get to this Thornton sex line. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Roush calls it a football state. I call it male privilege. Absolutely sickening. Yeah, I do think that the fact that you didn't have the guts to put a woman number one on your Kentucky sports figure of the year uh, mm. shows, shows how big of a misogynist you are. Yeah, such a sexist pig I am. Um, gosh, th- those were some wild takes yesterday. She was objectively the winner. I was like, why? How is she objectively like that? No, that's not how this works. I'm just happy I'm on the right side of history. I had a I had a woman number one in my poll. Now, and I and I and I do feel that like if Wandell won, I wasn't gonna. I, I'm okay with that. I disagree, and I he wasn't my number one, but I can't fault the rest of the media across the state for thinking he had the best year of a Kentuckian. They really do need to crank down on the parameters of this. There's just a little too much confusion on the whole thing. Yeah, that's, it's that's um, my take. Mm, silly. I and if you're if you have no idea what we're talking about, Craig Skinner, UK women's volleyball coach, wasn't happy with the results of the Kentucky Sports Figure of the Year. Uh, Texer says, "I call Tyreek. I think they mean Tyreek Hill Cheetah because that's his nickname. Just like you're the earless boy wonder, and no one is faster than the Cheetah. Nobody calls him the Cheetah though, except for like five people on the internet. That's just not like they aren't like, hey Cheetah, how's it going?" <laughs> Do people really call you the earless boy wonder? It would be very funny if they did. (laughs) Could you all imagine a backcourt of Allen when he's exclusively playing Mississippi State with Hagens when he's exclusively playing Georgia? Be pretty good. Man, Mike Leach had a stat last night as I was listening to that game on the way home. Tom Leach. Tom Leach. Tom Leach, yeah. Unless Uh, the Pirates doing UK basketball games (laughs) out. Yeah, no, Tom Leach. Uh, But I didn't realize, so I guess Dante Allen only had 108 points total last year, 46 game 
against Mississippi State? Oh, geez. Roush, That's incredible. What this year has kind of shown me is just how bad last year was. And I like Dante Allen, and I still think there's a place for him uh, in this Kentucky basketball program if he wants to be patient. If he doesn't, I don't blame him for that either. And if he wants to leave after this year, and I think my guess is he probably would, but it's just a guess. Um, I I won't blame him for that either. But I think there's still a place for him. Uh, He just needs to get better defensively, and you you still see flashes. He's in a season-long shooting slump, which is kind of disappointing. But he just kind of clicks when he's going up against Mississippi state and he can seem to, to turn it on. But gosh, the fact that like he was an important player at times on last year's team. And then Devin Askew, who's hardly getting minutes at Texas and then Olivier Saar, a nice offensive college basketball player, but a terrible rebounder. And he was Kentucky's best rebounder. It's like, you think back, how did they last year's team even win nine games? Gosh, it really is incredible, man. Not good, not good. But I love seeing Dante make some plays, though. Um, the jokes were funny, and that dunk was just objectively awesome. It was a great putback dunk. It was great. Yeah, it was. It, I, I like Oscar's quote. He was like, "Yeah, I just figured it was uh, Jacob Toppin because there's no stopping a Jacob Hoppin Toppin." And no, it was Dante, but it was a nice play. Um, and I like Dante. I hope it eventually works out for him. Uh, we'll do one or two more. When Roush grows the hair out, he will have the Ben Howland look, and I'm all here for it. <laughs> they, they, didn't, they didn't beat uh, Auburn, so we don't, we don't get the horseshoe. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry, y'all. Can we set up another deal where that comes into play? Well, I'm sure we'll find. <laughs> we, you know, we got a little ways. Well, I'm sure we can find. We, we, we can coax Roush into something. That's like my wife. She wants, like, whenever there's some sort of dispute, she wants to bet things, and she wants me to bet that if I lose, I have to shave my armpits. And I can't think of anything worse than having to shave my armpits. Why, just, like uh, one time? Yes. Why is that so bad? Why does she want you to shave your armpits? She just thinks it would be hilarious because I would be just uh, – it, it freaks me out, man. Imagine feeling the skin of your armpit. Ugh. Well, it'd be uncomfortable more yeah. than anything. But, that I mean, it would just Paper. be a couple days. Yeah, well, I still don't want those couple days. And, like, the itch when the hair's growing back. Yeah, that I, part would suck. I don't want the attention turned from the horseshoe talk. <laughs> I, I think when it, if we're going to talk about body hair on Roush, it specifically needs to be the horseshoe until we get the horseshoe. And then we, Brooke, then we can worry about the armpits and some other body hair features. But for now, Roush, you got you to gotta take a long, hard look in the mirror, double check, make sure your ears are still there, and then horseshoe. Okay. Uh, you'd, I'll, I'll... you'd be handsome. You'd be a handsome boy. Handsome man. You be a handsome man, granddad, handsome granddad. <laughs> How about uh, did you see the video of uh, the, the granddad Kellen Grady video? Yes, that was good. <laughs> man, th- thank thankfully Bizer's over there. It's to, all Bizer. Creative juices falling. It's all stuff. Bizer. That's still stuff the is... Dom one is my favorite by far. That one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can go to like Kentucky's basketball Twitter account and some of the other players and coaches. Orlando and Tigua tweeted it out there if you don't know what we're talking about. But they're they're doing like this is the ESPN commercials, but they're doing them for Kentucky basketball, and it's all Thomas T.J. Beisner, who is the creative Tom, force Tom behind Beisner. them. Yeah. And, yeah, Tom Tom. And the hilarious part, like the best part about it though, is like that video in like five or ten years. You know, it'll make us think of Kellen. It, they they age great as well. That's the good thing about them. All right, let's go to our last break. We'll come back. We'll keep at the Thornton's text line. And remember to download the Refreshing Rewards Refuel app on uh, your phone when you go to a gas station, a Thornton's gas station at that. You're going to save yourself some money and 
they will tell you the gas prices. It, it does a lot for you. So download that app. Shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. We love Thornton's, and you will as well. This is Kentucky Roll Call. We'll be right back. Because here at Kentucky Roll Call, we're better than you, and we know it. That's true about us knowing that we're better than you. That's a good re- rejoins have been on point today. Welcome back to Kentucky mm-hmm. Roll Call One Final here on the Big X, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Fun show today. Are we starting the horse racing tomorrow, or is that the following week? No, no, next week. Next week. Okay. All right. So we got yeah. one more, one more week. I'm excited about it. That'll be fun. We'll have Bobby Regan from Barstool Sports on Friday. They had another trivia game, the dozen trivia. He he was not playing it. I'm not sure when he'll be on it again. Uh, it is cool just being able to watch it on Sling TV, but. Um, they they have a new category that I thought was pretty cool, Roush. They showed the dimensions of a baseball stadium, and you had to guess which stadium it was. It's pretty creative. Oh, wow. That's oh, I would nail that. I, I I didn't get either one. Um, had good. I thought I had good guesses on both of them, but who cares? They were wrong. Uh, but that was it. It was just like they come up with the most creative questions for that stuff people were complaining about it but it was great if you know mlb ballparks they you would nail it but yeah justin you think you'd, you'd do well on it i think i would do pretty good yeah i, I just because i play a lot of mlb the show so mm. i have a pretty good idea of the mlb stadium sizes as it is and and they show well it's you know it's not stadium size. it's just the dimension of the field and where the walls are so like right. you know it it, it like to left field, 320. To so is it just like center. an overhead of the yeah. stadium with like yes. the distances? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I but you couldn't. That. But again, you couldn't see the stadium or the right. stands. It was just a cutout of the actual dot, you know, sure. the, the field, the dimensions. Sure. But uh, cool. But we'll have him on Friday. I may have to ask him what he thinks of that. Um, I really just want to know how they're sure people just don't cheat. <laughs> uh, I also want to know if they had Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or Kurt Schilling on any of those diamonds they were showing. Man, neither made made the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is just so stupid. I just like baseball. I, I it's been dead to me for a while. Like uh, this is doing nothing more than just reinforcing my belief that it is a stupid old man's game. Because they won't let in cheaters. Who cares, yeah, Justin? It. Yeah, they won't seriously. let in. Che- Are you sure everybody in the Hall of Fame isn't a cheater, Justin? Did you check their urine? Each and every I, one of them. I don't. I don't know any of them, but I mean, I. I am not for Barry Bonds or Kurt Schilling or anything. What is getting Because you're an old how, man. Justin. How did Kurt? How did an old man's body? How did Kurt Schilling cheat? I I don't know. I just know that he is associated with HGH. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not trying to be the expert on this situation. I'm just saying I don't want them in. Oh, well, that's a loser mentality. If, if loser they mindset. had any, if they had any sort of advantage over everybody else playing the game, they should not be in the Hall of Fame. Simple. No, that's uh, not an old man take. That's I, I like the way that I, it was put uh, by Josh Pate, who said uh, baseball writers are like the guys who wouldn't put somebody in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because they smoked weed in the 70s. 
Yeah, like, I mean, it's, it, it, it is like that. Uh, pitchers still pitch to Barry Bonds, and he still crushed baseballs. He, you still had to have the hand-eye coordination to yeah. do that. Um, I mean, the hitters and the pitchers were all on steroids at the time. So, like, whoever did well and, was and, doing well against their competition. Like, that's just the nature of the game in the 90s. The MLB perpetuated it, and now they're punishing people on It's so stupid. Like, and Kurt, so and Kurt, stupid. Kurt Schilling, it's a strictly political thing. I mean, it yeah, just is. Really that dude is. Yeah. was one of the best pitchers in baseball for a really, really long time. He should he be in the hall. Like, won all the awards. Is he a little bit of a nut? Seems like he's a little bit of a nut. It's a baseball Hall of Fame. It's not the best human Hall of Fame. Well, and if, um, if any of them should be in, it would be Kurt Schilling, just because when, to my knowledge, he didn't do it till the last few years of his career. So, I mean, he he was a dominant pitcher, and, and there's no way you can say otherwise. And you had the people in his own clubhouse saying, you need to do this. You need to take this, take this, take this. Like, and he, you know, and I'm sure Barry Bonds, it was a similar situation for him as well. And they are the ones that end up being considered one of the best, some of the best players for their stats and their numbers, but then they don't get to be in the Hall of Fame. It's silly, but I'm with you, Roush. I really just don't care because I don't, the Baseball Hall of Fame is a joke. Yeah, they're not going to play baseball this year too because they have idiots running it. It's just the the whole entire operation right now is just, it's trash. It's a shell of itself. It's basically the horse racing of professional sports. It's not what it used to be. If you're Barry Bonds though, you, do you mind not being in the hall? Of, like, is that something that you're striving for when you can look back at your career and you're like, man, I'm the all-time leader in home runs hit? Because to yeah, me, if yes. I'm in Barry Bonds' spot, I could give two bleeps about being in the Hall of Fame if I had the most home. I mean, Pete Rose has the hit mark, but he still gives bleeps about it. Like, yes. That's true. That's true. That's yeah. Point. I mean, once you're – it's it's a legacy thing. It matters. Um, he may say that stuff, Justin, exactly what you're saying. But at the end of the day, if you think you're one of the best players in baseball history and then you're not going to be in the place that remembers the best players for the history of the entire sport, that's going to bug you a little bit. But, yeah, he will, it's not like he'll be forgotten or anything like that. His, his dad's in the Hall of Fame, right? So his name's in there. No, I don't know. <laughs> Let's get back to the Thornton Stacks line, 502-414-1450. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas has... Oh, yeah. Tarleton playing good. Maybe the loser card fans want another former Kentucky coach. Uh, good point. Maybe they need Tubby Smith to clean it up. Hey, Tubby would bring some class back to the joint. Yeah, they really could use some class in that arena. Um, Texter says, Brooks Brooks should have went, went to, to IU. IU. You just want to read it together simultaneously? Would have been a perfect fit. <laughs> Both aren't nearly as good as they think they are. Um, Brooks... It's weird. He played terribly for a good chunk of that game and then did some really nice things, important things for Kentucky late in that game. Just don't dribble. Just don't dribble. Don't dribble. Don't dribble. Don't dribble the basketball. You you are a pick-and-pop guy. You're a catch-and-shoot guy. You can be a roll-and-dunk guy or a roll-and-layup guy. Stop dribbling. Just stop dribbling. Nothing good happens when Keon Brooks is dribbling the basketball. And I was such a big Keon Brooks guy just because I thought, like, hey, freshman year, I see the pieces of a nice player here. It, it No pieces have been added, unfortunately, I mean, for Keon the, Brooks. And to your point, TJ, you in high school, you're lucky if you can get away with dribbling once in the post. And he's trying to dribble two and three times. What do you like? That's just not, you can't do that. You just can't do that. It's going to lead to a turnover. Those are the rules of playing in the post. And, you know, again, you'd be like, all right, 
but you had you almost had to play Brooks just because you were short so many different people in that game. But he ended up doing some nice things, and he can do nice things. He just needs to play within himself, as cliche and cheesy as that sounds. Stop trying to do too much, dude. I know I'm like a grown man and everything, and I shouldn't feel this way, but I'll always be salty with how James Wiseman recruitment went down, and I directly rope him into that, deserved or not. With that said, I laughed real hard when he desperately wrapped up Shibwe on the steel to prevent the dunk and said, ha, 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 what a loser. You mean DJ Jeffries, not yes. James Wiseman. Yes. But those yes. those two were obviously linked together in Both the recruitment. Mm-hmm. And besides Jeffrey hitting a timely three, he was a bust in the game last night. Totally forgettable. It was pretty funny getting the intentional foul. And I'm I'm with the texture too, where it's like, I know my brain shouldn't, but my heart is still this vindictive child. You know, like it's just that's what sports make us do. They make us act irrationally. A texter says, hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. Hey, Brad, I just want to say that Kellen Grady is more shrieky than my underbritches after a long night of beer and Taco Bell. That's gross, Brad. We don't want to hear it. But yeah, you can hot, you, I almost feel like I could predict with 95% accuracy if Kellen Grady's threes are going to go in or not. They just look a little different when they don't go in. He is a little like he, he rushes it a little bit or he's sped up more than he likes or his feet aren't set the way that he likes. You can almost always tell if he's a little uncomfortable and he normally doesn't make it. But if he's totally set and the pass is thrown to him right where he needs, he's as automatic as as a Calipari player has been in terms of just kind of set shooting him, you know, maybe Duran Lamb. But I think it's uh, you can tell if his body is going any direction other than straight up and straight down. Yeah. Like if he's kind of if it's in transition and his momentum's carrying him a little left, I, I feel like that's when his when his body's momentum is moving him anywhere other than up and down. I feel like that's when the shots are typically errant. I might just be um, thinking of like a oh, missed three in transition last night, but that that's usually what I associate it with. Yep, I agree. Uh, next texter says, "I'm not sure we're gonna have any ankles left after this game." Yep, that's uh, just somebody get the tape out, tape them all up. The, there is there is an old man take about like our shoes different nowadays. Why yeah, are so that, many players mm-hmm. getting hurt? Which like point. is there truth to that? I don't know, but I'm sick of it. Like stop having say, bad things happen to my teams. You know. I thought it was very weird when I was. I used to get my ankles taped in football, and I felt naked. Like I, I it was necessary for me to have them taped in football, and I did it once in basketball after hurting my ankle. And it was so weird. I don't know if it's just the hardwood doesn't give, like, you know, cleats digging into grass. But it was very bizarre. I just did the, um, not the active ankles, but, like, the kind that you would lace up and then wrap around. Um, Copperfit? No, no. I don't think Copperfit was around. Brett, Brett Favre was still slinging it. So, you know, I had to wait till his retirement to bust those bad boys out. It, it was in the lab. They were developing the Copperfit for Brett Favre. Yep. Um <laughs> Texter says, hit a freaking shot, Grady. Well, I got oh, some good news him. for you. Got some good news for you, Texter. A Texter says, lose this one. It could be three in a row. You have to win it. I got some good news for you, Texter. Uh, they found a way to win it. But I, I I, was in the same boat. I didn't really think there was a chance they were going to lose. And then it was like, oh, no. Mississippi State has all the momentum in the world. And uh, But they, they clamped down. It was mm-hmm. what a, a gritty team does when things really aren't going their way and you're short some guys. And, and as much as you hate them bowling the lead, like to Cal Perry's point, they haven't played in a lot of close games. Good to see that they can close them out. You know, good to see that they can close one out. Agreed. Even when they don't have their their best player. Why can't we set a pick for Grady to get a decent shot ever, especially the last play of the game? Gosh, there. You know, um, 
they they were trying with Wheeler a play that had worked about six times in that game. And don't think of it so much as a play as a set, but it it is a play. Um, and credit to Mississippi State, they played it pretty well. Wheeler panicked a little bit, got Grady in a bad spot when he had the ball. Grady tried to do what he could with it, but he was off balance and fallen over and threw the shot up. Um, but gosh, the people that complain about the offense are just clueless. And I I mean this respectfully. Kentucky is a top five offense in college basketball. That's not an opinion that's yeah. backed that's with stats fact. and facts. Yeah. It, it, they're a top five offense in basketball. So those that are like, Calipari doesn't do this. or you, Just take a step back and re- realize you have a bias against the guy. See if you can fix that. If you can't, that's okay too. But stop complaining about things that are non-existent. Kentucky's a good offensive team. Just yeah, because they don't score every possession that you want them to score, that's not how this works. What what makes it difficult for Grady too? You can't run him off a ball screen because they'll just they'll just jump him, especially in that last situation. I thought he got a good look off to to potentially tie it. Yeah, I, I disagree. I mean, like we talked about now, Ron. I disagree slightly. And by the way, if you're disappointed with UK's offense, I hate to be this guy and be mean. Just watch a Uval game. Watch a game from UK last year. It, it's a it's a good offense. Speaking of UofL, an, a game a name that got thrown out that I think would be interesting as well. Uh Kelvin Sampson. I don't think he's leaving Houston, but yeah, that'd be a great hire for UofL. It'd be an awesome hire for UofL. And he's also got a little bit of shadiness too, just what they need to have some success. Nah, yeah, I know. He got in trouble for sending stupid text messages, but um, I like Kelvin Sampson. I think he's a super underrated coach. It'd be a great hire for Louisville, but I don't think he'd leave Houston for that mess. Is that what this Louisville hire is going to be? Just them throwing out a bunch of names that aren't ever going to leave their current destination? Yes, that's I mean, already especially the in the early stages. Like you're just I mean, you, that that's that's part of the I guess the the bright side of being a fan is you just what's what what's dream big here? My my friend Will literally just texted our group message. Just hope we offer as much money as possible to Jay and Pearl before we look anywhere else. Jay no, being one Jay Wright, Jay, are you kidding me? What Jay Wright being Jay Wright being one percent and Bruce, you know, maybe there's a thirty percent chance. So he's at least realistic, but like they're not gonna take the calls, dude. They're not they're not, well, Pearl may, but he'll do that just to get a raise from Auburn, which they right. will happily throw an ungodly amount of money at him after this season. You watch that. They're gonna they're gonna Oh, they almost Auburn lost ba- last night, though. Almost I know. Turned and lost. Isn't well, that funny? Green got hurt. Um, yeah, but yeah, only yeah. one by one. Isn't that funny, Roush, how they shot 19 or 18 more free throws than can. How many more free throws was it to uh, versus 19? I think yeah, they what made I, 13 more. What I, yeah, whatever it was. And then they actually end up shooting fewer free throws than Missouri. Hmm. And 19 fewer than they had just three days before. I'm guessing that Auburn just played a completely different style of basketball. They, you know, their their hand they decided no more hand checking and aggressive defense, and they decided not to attack the rip. No, it's just another sign college basketball officials on the road are terrible. And I actually thought the officials last night did a great job until about the final six minutes when they became inconsistent, started calling things they hadn't called the entire game. Um, that's for the UK game. But it's just – it's a joke. I mean, it's a joke how you can play one day, three days later, play again, and the foul counts can be just night and day different. Crazy. And if it was like an outlier and happened one – and then that'd be one thing. But it's it's all the time. I mean, it's all the freaking time, uh, with the exception of UK and Mississippi State last night. Whatever. A texter says – at this point, I can't help but think Sharp really isn't a top-level talent. There's no other reason to sit him. 
Man, and with, when he was announcing all those nil deals yesterday, uh, you just thought, oh, well, he's got to be playing now. Why would he be doing all this if he wasn't going to play? I actually learned, too, why the the woman from Forbes explained why he can make money and why uh, Oscar can't. Because Oscar is here on a student visa, and Sharp was able to get in here for something more than a student visa. Whatever that might be, I don't know. Um, but But that's the kind of... He can make money off nil, so that could be an ace in the hole for a reason why he might stick around for another year because he could still make a million bucks or whatever. I just feel like there's got to be a lawyer out there somewhere that'd be willing to take this on for like, why can't that dude make money, pay taxes on the money that he's making to the U.S. government, and everybody be like, I just don't. That's so wild to me. That's so dumb. That's a dumb, dumb rule. All right, uh, Texter says would rather take an L if it would force Cal to play sharp. Strongly disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 anti losing. That being said, Cal especially had, in this tough stretch that the it, previous Texter alluded to. Cal had right or wrong. He has built in excuses for yesterday. Oh, I didn't have a point guard in the first half, and then in the second half, the game was too tight. You know. It's unfortunate. I wanted to see him just as badly as anybody. I thought we all thought we were going to see him because they kind of alluded to it. But now you don't feel like you're going to see him at Kansas, Roush. And so you back to the drawing board next Wednesday against Vandy. Mm, yeah. Oh, per- oh, that's perfect time to do it. And you don't you're not going down there. It's at home. You have to deal with that stupid basketball court. Perfect. Week perfect from, timing. Week from tonight, one of those uh, Wednesday games. But at least it's not a late one. That's all that really matters to me. A texter says, rule of 71, boys. But seriously, thank God we won. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a great loss. And it would have been a completely different tone today. So I'm happy they did it. Kirby the says, the can, uh, first one to score 71 wins. Oh, about. okay. Gotcha. Most of the time, yeah. it's like ninety four percent of the time. It's it's kind of a flawed stat because blowout games, like I was, of course. I was thinking Interstate seventy one. I was like, what does that have to do with this game? <laughs> uh, the Kentucky game meant nothing to Auburn yet. They have thirty eight points and are losing to Missouri under ten minutes left in the second half. Got it. Uh, but unfortunately, they won. If they would have lost that game, it would have been nice for UK in the SEC standings race, but uh, not the case. Kirby, ugly game, a lot of bad, but I'll take the win. Heads up, Oscar got tackled on the last rebound in overtime, and the ball goes out of bounds. It's nothing to see here. Yeah, whatever. Also, by the way, so rebounding the basketball. I two, mean, it's two he things, rebounds yeah. like some dude in the 60s. He's just a, a man among boys. I think it was Chris Fisher who said this, but it's a, it's a sentiment shared, I'm sure, by many. We are so numb to how awesome he is as a basketball <laughs> He's so good. And when he's lo- just like 20 and 20, okay, ho-hum. <laughs> he puts on a UK jersey like we did, Roush, when we were six and had like aspirations of playing for Kentucky. He embraces every moment. Like he, he just seems like a great dude. And then he is quite literally the greatest rebounder in the history of UK basketball, which is the best basketball program in the history of basketball programs. And he's just it's right before our eyes. And here he is with a 20, another 20 plus 20 plus game last night. And it's just like, yeah, good. We, you know, we no surprise here. We, this is crazy. And it didn't take long last season where we had nobody that could rebound. So he's an absolute freak. And then also congrats to Calipari on his 800th win as a head coach. That hasn't really been talked about a ton. Really more than 800 with the vacated wins, but neither here nor there. It's 800 with the vacated wins. Oh, well, hold on. The NCAA said you can't celebrate that. 800 on-court victories. You got to put you on court. You got to specifically say on court. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I didn't notice. Okay, well, good. And then he's actually at the true mark. Uh, if he coached, I think, six or seven more seasons, averaging about 30 wins per game, 
he'd hit that thousand mark. Will we see Cal for six or seven more seasons? I would doubt it, but I guess nothing hey, is. Impossible. I never thought he was going to make it 12 years in Lexington. And here we are. Look that's, at us now. That's true. That is true. But congrats to him. That's not, I mean, that's obviously an incredible feat to get to 800 wins. Um, and for somebody that gets as much criticism from people that know nothing about basketball, he does a damn good job. Really does. A texture says Tiger Campbell or Wheeler. Yeah, they're also asking Johnny Juzang or uh, Grady. Kellen Grady. Yeah, I feel like Johnny Juzang is higher volume. Maybe it's just because I watched him put up a lot of shots in the tournament. Kind of just depends what you need. Give me Grady yeah, and Wheeler all day. You know, probably take Juzang over Grady just because Juzang has takeover game possibility and they're about the same level defender. If I'm a team, if I'm a bad team, I'd rather have Tiger Campbell. If I'm yeah. a good team, I'd rather have Wheeler. That's a, I, I agree with that sentiment, um, especially because Campbell can be a better scorer. Also, the name Tiger is just a cool-ass name. Roar. Kind of like Iverson. Like, re- big fan of that. Shout out to the St. X Tigers for their win over Eastern yesterday. No big wow. deal. Okay, go, go on. I know DeSales played Butler rivalry game. My friends were wagering on it, but didn't see who won. I need to look that up. <laughs> your friends wagering. I love that. Good for them. <laughs> uh, Texter says, TJ would love to hear your defense for Cal not taking a timeout. 12 seconds remaining in regulation. Can't wait to hear your reasoning on why it was the right decision. It's sucking, what? Plumley, bro. I mean, what just would, suck it. Oh, the guy who's at the Highlander Latiners? Oh, God. We, we, did, uh, we did talk about that specific situation, though, in our number one. He says, all kidding aside. Oh, so he was kidding. Oh. What a oh. relief. My biggest concern <laughs> my biggest concern moving forward is our front court depth if Oscar were to get hurt. I know you can say that for any team in the country with their most important player, but if somehow we were to lose him to injury, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. Not sure we can rebound from that bad of a loss. He is yet again an animal rebounding tonight. Well, you are right. I mean, you could say that about anybody, and you are right that it would be pretty devastating to UK's chances. I think Ware's gotten a little bit better, but yeah, for the most for the most part, yes. You you lose a guy that's averaging 16 rebounds per game or whatever the number is, that's not going to be good. I will say, give Oscar credit. We had a lot of concerns about foul trouble with him this year, and that real. I mean, you've had it at times, but it hasn't been this consistent thing. Like Olivier Saar just was just a magnet for fouls. He was terrible at knowing how to play with a little bit of discipline. That's not the case for Oscar. He's done a good job of of playing within himself whenever he does pick up a foul or two. A texter says, Oscar gives better injury reports than Cal. That's funny. Um, <laughs> a texter on the Thornton's text line says, like all UK fans, I was disappointed that Sharp didn't play. I just wish Grady had more confidence about driving to the basket like Brooks does. But Brooks can't finish and turns the ball over too much. Grady has a great floater, needs to needs to have more aggressive, needs to be more aggressive offensively, I think is what they're trying to say. Um, I agree with that for the most part. I, you know, I want him shooting first and foremost, but I, I do wish he had more of a green light just to try to attack, lower your shoulder, see if you can create anything. He's got such a good touch that he doesn't really have bad misses. So they're gonna flo- they're gonna hit around the iron, maybe drop in, and then if not, well, you do have the best rebounder in college basketball potentially waiting for it on the other end. But yeah, I just want I, Grady shooting more. I don't really care where it's at. And I, I think the biggest thing that hampers his driving ability is he isn't as much of a threat to get all the way to the rim, so it mm-hmm. makes his pull up game less effective. Yes. How is Satterfield the last man standing at U of L? He might actually be an evil genius, but you should do a post on that one website. That's a comparison between Game of Thrones and the turnover at U of L. Examine everyone's claim to their spot at U of L. Just reveal the last guy standing is actually the bum who was sitting the entire time. 
That's <laughs> a wacky Wednesday text if we've ever had one. There was a picture of Satterfield at a press conference. I was like, man, he kind of looks like creepy Kevin Spacey in House of Cards. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Texture says, Vince Vaughn, that puffy MFR. Um, okay. Uh, Scott Satterfield, the lone survivor. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Did Patino want to get that stain on him until he got to Louisville? Boo. Yeah, bad joke. Keon is who he is. We're hoping for a sophomore P.J. Washington or a junior year Nick Richards jump, but he is more similar to Alex Poitras. Not a knock on Keon. We just need to change the expectations. I'm with you on the – and I did that probably maybe late December where I was just like, okay, expect Keon as he is, not what he could be. Um, and if he ends up getting there, we'll be pleasantly surprised. But I agree with that text. And Alex Poitras, let's not – he got injured, all right? He got injured. He's a good player. Once projected the number one overall pick. For like a one mock draft. Mm-hmm. TC from Lexington here, boys. At one hey, point TC. last I at one point last night I thought Chris Mack had a UK voodoo doll somewhere poking at the ankle of the guys to sabotage us. Uh hey, he gets to go out a winner against UK though, because they played that one game last year. Yeah, they did. Uh oh and one. Oh. Oh Man. my goodness gracious! Who who's going to have a more uh, entertaining statement, Chris Mack or Christy Mack? Oh, I, if Chris Mack actually got to speak his mind, it'd be hilarious. Oh gosh, it would. That guy. It was a bad night. John here, light last night. <laughs> exactly. Poor one out at Roosters. John here. Hey, John. Let's go. Let's go. Victory morning. Whoop whoop, my friends. We had some scary Barry stories trying to pop up last night, but our cat said, "Heck no." I agree. Coach Payne will be a good fit for U of L. Hey, is it just me or does Coach Payne look like the older version of a character, Major Payne? It would be funny to hear him open his first practice saying this, you're still a poop sandwich. You're just not a soggy one. From this moment, you are no longer turds. You've graduated to maggots. We'll got to go talk to you later. Oh, Pain. all the Major Payne puns, uh, the Pain Train, all the videos they could play at the Yum Center with Pain. It just seems too good not to make it happen. Yeah, I think you should do it, Louisville. You should definitely do it. Or uh, you should do what this Thornton's text liner says. Trevor tries it. Louisville basketball coach. I'm all in on that. <laughs> I cannot believe he said David Padgett or Scott Davenport to be the head coach. <laughs> Bring back Padgett. I can understand why UL fans are worried about Payne as a coach. Look at the sample size of former players coaching their alma maters, all who were players, coaches, and could get talent. Penny, Memphis, Ewing, Georgetown, Hubert, UNC. Well, uh, Ewing, Georgetown, I don't know if that was like he's going to be able to get players situation. But no, the other one's in Indiana. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and, you, and, and you all see you, Weber, but uh, not Weber, uh, Howard at. Michigan as well, which was great last year, not so great this year. So I guess the jury's still out on him. It's mixed results. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that there is a bona fide one way or the other. I, it has been a pretty mixed bag yeah. um, so far. Uh, Texter says, funniest potential hire that would never happen. And it's uh, swaggy Brad Calipari strutting to the sideline. Man, he, he is very swagged out in this photo. I don't know where it's from, but very swagged out. Texter says, Indiana Tim here. Hey, Indiana Tim. For comic relief, Richard Bertino. Hey, you want to get the Bertinos back in the family? Oh, gosh. What if they got Rick, like, just for, like, screw it. We're bringing Rick back. 
He well, took owner to the tournament after all. Uh, if you're a L fan, you know that he would be able to win and coach well, but it's not going to happen, obviously. Richard Bettino would be absolutely hysterical. Love the text there, Indiana, Tim. L fans need to get off their high horse over Kenny Payne's resume. Chris Mack was the exact guy they were talking about, someone with experience, and how that worked out. Bad. <laughs> Oh, another funny hire. Dino Gaudio. <laughs> Bring him back, baby. Last laugh. Oh. Uh, Texter says, Trevor's new cat's going to get so high. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, station is bigger and exier and theftier. <laughs> that's, that's a great text, too. Uh, we're rolling through here on the yeah. Thornton sex line. Is Roush anti-woman or just anti-woman athlete? Please clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. they just let a cheater in, you dingus. Not true. With U of L, I think he was referring to the Baseball Hall of Fame and David oh. Ortiz. But David oh. Ortiz never failed a drug test, so he didn't cheat. I was happy for David Ortiz. That dude made Red Sox games really, really fun for me from 2004 to uh, well beyond. Really need Keenan Thompson to do a David Ortiz on Weekend Update this weekend. I love when he does that. It's just so funny. He's like, "I'm a funga." And he just starts talking about food. It's very funny. I'm, I'm very amused by it. Texter says, uh, let's pray there's no kids hanging around the Big X studio. That's a great text. Uh, we've got one texter sending the Spider-Man meme and said, Keon Brooks and Alex Poitras. <laughs> hey, stop with the Alex Poitras slander. He got hurt, okay? Yeah. And, and Kentucky maybe finishes the year undefeated if he's healthy. Brooks had 12 points last night. He deserves criticism, but not last night. If he doesn't play, we don't win. Great point, Texter. Again, he, and I did say that. Shots. He had some yeah. turnovers, but it wasn't. It, it, the consistency is just never going to be there for him, and we've just kind of got to accept that. When push came to shove, he made nice plays. I just am, I don't need him dribbling anymore. That's all. Don't need him dribbling. Uh, needs Play aggressive. I'm fine with that, but don't play aggressive if it means dribbling the basketball. All right. That's it. Fun show. It's going to be, I mean, doing radio in this town over the last several years has just been a gift. It's just been easy. Anybody what could do great. it. Uh, but, and a lot of people who are just, well, anyways, I'm going to be listening to it all day and it's going to be entertaining and it should be fun. And we appreciate you listening to us. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Country. Oh. Have a great day. <laughs>